Somewhere in Hill's kitchen, there's a lawyer named Matt Murdock. And he works with his friend Foggy and a woman who's named Karen. At a law firm called Nelson and Murdock, where they help people find justice. But Matt's got a secret at night, he becomes a vigilante. Even though he's blind, he's got these super senses and the training. To beat up the nasty bad guys who are ruining Hill's kitchen. Matt, he loves his home so much that he puts on his armored costume and pretends that he's the devil as he smashes in their faces he's called daredevil There's a guy named Frank who's shooting people. That guy's crazy. And then Matt's all flammer electro gestures are from out of nowhere. Welcome to the Defenders podcast, the fan podcast about the Marvel Netflix series. I'm Claire. I'm Mel. I'm Matt. And I'm Robin. Yeah. Yay! We're all wide awake. Well, I am, because it's the middle of the day for me. Morning, guys. <laughs> Doesn't it feel oh, great to not be tired? <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's not wide awake is our special guest this week. Uh, it's Matt A. Yay! Good morning, Matt. Good morning. <laughs> oh, you're very sleepy. I'm a little tired, yeah. What what time is it? Is it like seven? It's six o'clock. Oh, oh I'm so, so sorry, sorry Matt. Ooh, damn. <sighs> well, I would have gone to bed. If I had known that we were recording three hours, <laughs> like two to three hours earlier than normal, uh, than I had planned on, I would have gone to bed a little earlier. Uh, you saying. have to blame the Canadians. It's their fault. It is. It is our fault. I'm sorry. They have good broadband, but they they make us record earlier than usual. Yeah. Are they doing some sort of camping nature walk? They're always like hiking in the wilderness and always the... getting lost. No, actually, it's it's our niece's tenth birthday party, so we have another to... birthday party. Yeah. Fucks me over. <laughs> You're insensitive, jerk. <laughs> you know too many people, Matt Mel, is what we're saying. <laughs> Apparently. I'm not sure if we should we should definitely just throw Matt and Mel under the bus like Luke Cage's wife, but you know, we Matt found out about it this morning. <laughs> We've known about it for like a week. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Matt, Matt bad, found out about it about an hour ago. <laughs> bad host. <laughs> Uh, well, we thought, you know, in this episode, Matt Murdock's kind of running around doing everything. And he's a bit frazzled. So we thought, well, our guest is called Matt. Let's make him as frazzled as we can to honor mm-hmm. the episode. I don't get an alliterative nickname. Uh, you're the, the 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 man of frazzledness, Matt. Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Let's move on. The mighty, the mighty Matt. There you go. Woo. All right. I'll take it. Cool. <laughs> Uh, so this week, guys, we are doing episode 207, Semper Fidelis. Now, Matt A., I, I, meant, I spoke to you a few days ago on Facebook. I should have mentioned yes. we were recording earlier then. Oh, that would have been nice. <laughs> but you did say that you had a ton of Daredevil to cram in before today. Yeah, what, so, eight episodes of Daredevil in about two days worth. Do you watch the next episode as well? Nope, I watched the season finale of last season finale. (laughs) Oh, okay. How was it going from the season finale straight into like uh, season two? I was surprised. 
uh, that we didn't see Kingpin. I thought we would. I thought it would, we would check out on him at least. But nope. He's a big Episode actor. 13. Yeah, he's he's been doing Jurassic World and the Magnificent Seven remake. Okay. He's in, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah. yeah so he appears really he appears in the last period. five seconds of Episode 13. I'll let you guys know that. I'm nice. Oh. Yeah, so you can yeah, look forward to I, that, I ex- guys. I do expect to see him make a brief appearance toward the end of the season or in the season finale, so... Okay. Mm. And uh, did you enjoy the season up to this point? It's been fine. I, it's no Jessica Jones. It's fine, though. <laughs> well, it's, you know, you know, it's because it has, hasn't got a lovely David Tennant in it. <laughs> that's true. Being a creep. <laughs> I've enjoyed Karen and Foggy a lot more this season than I did the previous season. I like them, but they didn't seem to have a lot to do last season. This season, mm-hmm. they, they've really brought them into the focus, into the plot. And I really appreciate that. So that's cool. And I did listen to one and a half of your episodes this season because I wanted to hear your thoughts on Electra and try to figure out what that plot was like, what the plot was. And uh, I didn't succeed in the second part of that, but I'm glad that you're on the same page of, of Electra that, that I am, at least early on. Not I'll be interested it. to see what like like Matt Mel and, and Robin and well, and you as well, Matt, think of Electra in this episode because your thoughts on her were completely were were different in the second episode she was in compared to the first episode, weren't they guys? Because the first episode you were like, Oh, we really don't like her mm. and then I think she kinda grew on you in the second episode, so a little bit more, but I still it. didn't really care for her that much. Okay. Mm. Um, better, but I think my point of I think my point of view on uh, Foggy and Karen actually changed a bit in this episode, too. It changed for for the better, I think. Yeah, definitely. But we can discuss that. Okay. Uh, well, a couple of bits of news we have. Um, so, uh, Captain America Civil War has been released. Have any of you guys seen it? What? Yeah. It's, it's been... Fucking shut up. Oh, it's not out in the States <laughs> You yet? know. It's, I don't know. know. Captain America is, you know, Captain America isn't released in America. <laughs> so, what? We beat you guys. Why do you get Captain America first? Oh, I, I genuinely didn't I'm, know if it was out we, yet. I didn't know. We beat you Listen, guys. I'm not bothered by this at all. <laughs> Just a movie, Robin. Calm down. Jeez. I don't know what you mean you beat us guys. You wouldn't exist without us guys, you know. So, there we go. So, there. Maybe it's because it's not Captain America, American Revolution that you guys got it first. Like, you guys got it first because it's just Civil War. When, when we get a Captain Britain movie, you guys will get that first. <laughs> yes, I hope so. When will Captain uh, Canuck sorry, get I his you were... due? When will who? Captain Canuck. When will he get his due? Oh, Captain Canuck. <laughs> I would love to see a Captain Canuck movie. Is he just a moose-wearing flannel? <laughs> Should be. And he's throws maple syrup at people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Claire. I thought you were actually making a joke. No, so I, I honestly apologize for my extreme know. reaction. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> he just looks like. A I knight. thought it was a very much a. I thought it was a very much nyan 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 nyan. <laughs> I'd never uh, do that. Who else has seen it? Captain Canuck just looks like a giant Canadian flag. By the way, does yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like Matt, Matt's trying to find a, a, Matt's fine. Oh, okay. It's a real character. I didn't I realize. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. yeah, Matt just sent you a photo. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he just Googled it. Oh, he's so cute. It. Oh, he's got he like a little like maple leaf cod piece. Oh. Oh. Well, so, um, why do you guys get it a week early? I don't I, get it. It's happening with Avengers know. Age of Ultron too. Because why? I don't know. Because we're, we're awesome. Maybe it might be because um, 
you know, they film a lot over here. I don't know. I've got no Is clue. Did they? Was there but, competition um, here at the box office last week where they felt like they couldn't release it? Maybe. Oh, like, no, there wasn't anything that was released that was big last Robin, week. I think it's usually Europeans get movies first. I think that's just... No, no, that's yeah. called America. America gets it first. What? What are you talking about? Everybody gets... You're all, everybody else is supposed to get it weeks and weeks later. What is up with this superiority <laughs> complex, though? Yeah. We there? make the movies, we get to watch them first. You guys start making some good movies and we'll talk. Oh. Robin, you do know that the biggest Ooh. producer of films in the world is actually Bollywood, don't you? And not <laughs> America. Well, <laughs> I just found an article. But, oh, it depends what you think about or like move, good movies. Well, I did see Civil War. I'm not going to spoil anything. I put up a few thoughts on Facebook because obviously I don't want to spoil anything. I enjoyed it. I I think I prefer Winter Soldier as a, a tighter movie. Um, the new characters introduced, I, I really enjoyed. Um Spider-Man was really good. I think Paul Rudd steals the film as Ant-Man. I think he's he's fantastic. Like a heist? Uh, like, yeah, he steals it. He runs away with it. <laughs> you can't watch the rest of the movie. Um, I'm in, man. I'm out. I wish there had been... Um, my, my biggest gripe with the film was I wish there had been a little less Iron Man and a bit more Captain America, um, seeing as it was a Captain America movie. But... In the movie's defense, they I think the reason they have done that is they they really make it so you identify with both sides of the argument. Because I went in and was like, oh, Cap, you know, I'm totally with Cap. And I sat watching the film going, oh, I'm really actually on Iron Man's side at this point. And so it's really good the way they do that. You really identify with these two characters. Um, I won't spoil it, but I, I really enjoyed it. And you really get the history behind these two characters when they they fight um which but it does have a lot of the problems i had with avengers age of ultron in it in, and uh, batman versus superman in setting a lot of setup for future stuff happening which <laughs> i kind of wish it, it didn't have so much but i i enjoyed it don't say those two films in the same sentence I mean, seriously, <laughs> <can't compare> them. <laughs> um and in other news very exciting or joss whedon <laughs> Um, very exciting. They Netflix has confirmed that there will be a Punisher series on Netflix. So it's been confirmed that there, John Bernthal will get his own series. Um, yeah. I want to know what you guys think about this because I, I, I don't know. Like as I've said before, my thoughts on the Punisher as a character um, and Elektra, I feel that he's a stronger um, antagonist than protagonist and. Uh, better as a supporting character, um, but what do you guys think? Like, like of what you've seen of the character so far in season two? I agree. Yeah, he's he never seems to be able to carry his own series, but I'm sure if the writers are good enough, somebody must be able to pull it off. It hasn't happened yeah. yet, but <laughs> does he have like a a supporting cast built into the comics that's gonna that will help with Not this project? I'm not he has, he has some that they could bring in, like um, uh, Micro, and um, uh, that they used in some of the Punisher films. Like um, in Warzone, you had the the Wayne Knight character um, who's in the comics. Obviously, you have Max the dog, aka Juice the Devil Dog. Um, so, but there's other characters they could bring in. They could maybe use like do a villain like Jigsaw, like they did in the Warzone. Um, so there's definitely stuff they can do, and I, I agree with with you, Matt, in that if they feel like they can do it, that they have a strong enough idea to do a series, then I, I trust them because they seem to have known what they're doing so far. But I would rather they 
I don't know, done a, a series on a char- another character that I think could would maybe be more interesting to watch, like um, a Moon Knight or something like that. But we shall see. Two questions. Number one, do you think uh, that means Frank Castle will be a part of the Defenders? Um, will the Defenders podcast be covering this series? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just going to leave that one out. Um, I don't know if he'll be part of the Defenders because... They're, they're starting to film the Defenders later this year. So I would imagine that they have all the prep put in place. Maybe he'll just have like a little cameo appearance. Um, yeah. But I I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think he will be a Defender because he's the Punisher. He's not really a part of any team. He's, you know, he's um, he's the Deadpool. He, you know, he doesn't really, he's not a member of the X-Men. He just works with them sometimes. So I can't imagine he'll be one of the Defenders. Okay. <laughs> Does that answer your questions, Robin? <laughs> I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely torn about uh, and it, like thirteen episodes of The Punisher. <laughs> like, I just, uh, I don't know. Was it my, uh, my? A lot of my views from it come from having obviously seen season one. I feel like, uh, sorry, uh, season two of Daredevil. I feel like season two of Daredevil is the Punisher's origin story almost. Um, yeah. So I, um, I don't, yeah, I just don't know what they'll do, but I'm, I'm definitely interested to see how they do it. Um, so we'll, we'll keep everyone posted if there's any news on it. So with, uh, talking about the Punisher, let's get into this episode. Semper Fidelis. This was written by Luke Calto, um, who is an awesome guy on Facebook, by the way. I, I, I spoke to him briefly and was like, oh, you're awesome for writing this series because he also worked on season one and he was like, thanks very much. Um, yeah. So nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was directed by, uh, Ken, uh, Ken Girotti. So in C, uh, in, in scene one, we see, uh, Frank preparing for his court appearance while the jurors are being interviewed. Um, and we see that they're having a lot of difficulties finding an impartial juror, uh, juror, uh, in terms of this case, because as an opinion for the first little bit Some of, of this, like, oh, yeah. the first little bit of this it, it seemed he was very popular with with the uh, african american women only yeah <laughs> i thought that as well uh, we it were also assaulted by this. music yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also weird to watch this in conjunction i'm i'm doing a binge watch of people versus oj <laughs> so <laughs> this is very familiar <laughs> nice well, they seem. Very some people jury. see him as a hero. Some people say he's an animal. One woman is like, "Oh, he's the only one that can protect us." And I was thinking, "Oh, Daredevil's Matt, Matt Murdock's probably sitting there going, what about me? The devil has could you?'" Um, we get a lot of talk about the Second Amendment, and I was like, "Which one's the Second Amendment? <laughs> is that the one with about guns? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, it's the right to bear arms and the right to arm bears." Oh well, we haven't got any armed bears in this episode yet. That's in episode ten where. Uh, there's a bear with a Uzi, um, but I, like, I don't get why they're talking about the Second Amendment though. Cause that's the right to bear arms, but it's not the right to go around and murder whoever you want. <laughs> yes. It's not. Well, oh, Mel has I, some information. I have some information for you guys. Ooh. I was looking up why movies. <laughs> not to bring this up again, but why movies are released <laughs> overseas before uh, in the U.S. And apparently, a lot of it is financial reasons. A lot of it is for piracy reasons. A lot of it is uh, to test the movie on overseas audiences so they can maybe re-edit the movie to make it more appealing. Like, they, they're basically seeing how it does overseas 
And it, yeah, it apparently releasing a movie overseas before in America makes them more money. Somehow. Somehow. Because we don't <laughs> we don't do piracy at all in the UK. There's no piracy. Yes, you honest. We're an honest island. <laughs> I was going to say, it should probably increase piracy because America's like, well, I can either wait a week or go to Pirate Bay. But I have, <laughs> I, well, yeah, but the population overseas is a lot more than in America, right? So in, if they didn't release it overseas first, then there'd be a lot more piracy going on. Yeah, exactly. Right? So, but anyways, yeah, that's the reasons. And one of the the biggest markets now is uh, is China, which is why um, Marvel in recent years have had um, like when they did Iron Man three, they actually um, for the release in China they edited in some extra scenes that had um, uh, like characters uh, like Chinese characters in them, and a lot more um, speaking in um, Mandarin as well. So there was yeah. like two different edits of the film. Um, yeah. So that's probably part of it as well. Yeah. Um, I was reading that apparently Tom Cruise movies do way better overseas than they do in America. <laughs> <laughs> no, I found an article from 2012 called Why is the Avengers opening in other countries before the U.S.? Mm-hmm. And it says in here, there's a line that says, sorry, Vermont. <laughs> it's like they knew. Pitch, I knew it. <laughs> it's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It's like they knew. It's all personal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sorry, Robin. sorry, Robin Burge. <laughs> I know you wanted to see it. You're going to have to wait another week. If America wants it. That's okay. I saw the Jungle Book this week. So If America wants these movies first, we have to kick Robin out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a win win. <laughs> Robin, I think you should live in like international waters so you can. <laughs> See these movies legally first. Nobody knows, but it's all these movies are released in the ocean first. <laughs> I don't understand I why it even says that. I'm looking at the article. I know, I don't understand. <laughs> it's a very poorly written article because it doesn't really answer the question so much. Yeah. But, but What's going on in Vermont? I can't even spell his first that. name right in this mm-hmm. article, so whatever. <laughs> so, he spells uh, his name Joel with J-O-A-L. Come on. Oh! Like Cole? Jo- Joel. Yeah. Joel. Jo- jo- I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Anyway, back to Daredevil. Sorry, Joel. Joel. Oh, he's from Krypton. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's Joel, but he, I don't know, cut a letter out or something. So, in the next scene, Foggy, Matt, and Karen are in the office prepping for the case, discussing the possibility of the insanity plea and using the defense of PTSD in the opening statement. And I wrote in my first note for this was, I hope that Matt H is happy that we have proper law talk in this episode. It was. Yeah, I was very I impressed with Karen. I was like, yeah. Karen should be a lawyer. And then they said that later. And then she said no. I don't know why she says no. Like maybe it's because she's kind of like, oh, I don't know, whatever. And I was like, is it because when you apply for law school, they'll look into your past and they'll find stuff they don't like? Mm. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, maybe. Uh, And Karen doesn't believe that Frank is insane. Um, We get that obviously a lot in the episode with her identifying with Frank. Um, I, I agree with Frank actually later, kind of skipping ahead a bit when he says about the PTSD um defense is is kind of insulting to people who actually have ptsd because he's like i don't have ptsd so it's not um insulting i think he to does it's insulting it's to, not, 
it's just not from the war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not from the war. It's from this thing. But yeah, from the war, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then Karen goes to visit Frank and they want to discuss um, possibility of getting a character witness from his past. And as she enters the prison, I like that they take the paper clips away because it kind of made me think about Bullseye in uh, Daredevil <laughs> killing people with paper clips. <laughs> I kill that damn book. Pew, pew. <laughs> He mentioned he mentions his superior officer. I'm like, oh, this guy's like the Punisher's Colonel Troutman. Who's Colonel oh Troutman? my god! Please, is Richard Cranow alive? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, what an amazing cameo! That he's was. he's Rambo's. Uh, oh, oh, officer buddy. And his name's Colonel Ray Scanuva, but but it's spelled S C H N O O V E R. So I was like, Schnuva, Schnuva. Damn it, Richard Crenna died 13 years ago. Damn. Damn, he can't appear you know, in my TV show. <laughs> Rest in peace, Richard Crenna. Well, I'll tell you awesome. who this guy's played by, because it's pretty awesome. He's played by a... Um, Matthew a Brown. Wonderful, wonderful mustachioed man, um, Sam Elliott. It's pretty cool. <laughs> no, Clancy Brown is not in Daredevil. I told you. It's someone else from Carnival. Stop getting, your hope, stop getting your hopes up, Matt. Wink. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dee hee. <laughs> Maybe I'm taking my wink back. I, I'm, I, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything. Next stall is Bullseye. Next, yeah. Uh, Clea Duval is Typhoid Man. Next is in a methadone clinic. I don't yeah. know. But he could uh, probably play Bullseye. I feel like he would be insane enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he would be good. He was great as the yellow bastard. Yeah. Yeah. I like that Frank has this kind of, the way John Bernthal plays it, even though he's sitting still in this scene and he's just listening to Karen, he's got this kind of restless energy. He's sort of bouncing a bit. <laughs> like, he just looks like he's he's just completely restless. And I thought that was kind of cool. <laughs> it, it says Matt's talking. No, it said Matt's talking, but I was like, Matt's not talking. That's no, weird. he's not. <laughs> breathing <laughs> loud. It's a heavy Matt breather. H is talking. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm just breathing. I'm using my mind. <laughs> so Matt records his opening statement, but is interrupted by Electra calling up, working uh, regarding translating the ledger. I really wish she would. And stop. I know she has to for the show, but I would really, <laughs> just really wish she would stop bugging him. <laughs> <laughs> Were you like yelling at her every time she phoned oh, up? In I this was mouth? so annoyed. She's so annoying this episode. <laughs> it's just like, please leave him alone. <laughs> Uh, Particularly as Foggy's like busy working hard in the other room. I drew a little heart in my notes because he's working so hard in this episode, and Matt's just being a. Oh, and Electra's just a total creeper in this episode as well. I really did feel for Foggy this episode. I was like, that's just. (gasps) No, don't react like that. There's no need to react like that. (laughs) Take Matt Matt Murdock's name off the sign. Yeah, they're gonna take Matt Murdock's name. It'll just be Nelson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kick him out of the firm. Yeah. Can we? Can we just like, like, uh, why is it that, like, what has Matt seen with Electra that would justify him running out on Foggy like this in a very, very important case that he started? <laughs> I don't want to get into because they're investigating the accuser. Yeah, I know, they're investigating. I mean, actual I don't agree with that. So um, I agree that Matt should have gone to uh, to do the, the case in court. But I think he's um, kind of thinking, like, Electra's really uh, egging him on, saying, you know, this is our one chance to 
uh, translate this ledger. And if we don't do it, then everything like getting the ledger is for, for nothing. And, you know, she's kind of egging him on. She's the little devil on his shoulder, no pun intended. But I do think he should have stayed to do the court case because, as you said, Robin, he's the one who pushed for the court case. It's just yeah. it's just annoying that he says no to her, but then he says, oh, fine. So, of course, she's going to keep bugging you if you keep giving in to her all the time. Like, <sighs> Do you think he's partly also thinking with little Matt? Uh, probably. Not, not big Matt. I mean, with that yeah. scene later, they're like, them like touching each other's scars or whatever turns them on. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. If only the popular culture would stop ripping off Lethal Weapon 3 over and over again. We could... You know, we could put do away with this uh, this scene, this trope. <laughs> if anyone watches Bates Motel, we had yeah. a scar scene this episode, this season as well. Uh, oh, show me, you show me your scar, I'll show you mine. Sort of scenario. Nice. Oh, I haven't seen that episode yet. Uh, oh, I haven't seen any of this season. It, there's also the the you show me your scar, I'll show you mine scene in uh, Hannibal. <laughs> but it's like the most messed up size scars. It's like, yes, here's where my entire jaw was ripped off. Oh, really? Here's where I got shot through the head. Oh, nice. <laughs> yes. Um, so in the next scene, talking about, I said Electra is a bit of a creeper in this episode. Here's uh, another creeper, this um, Professor Philip, um, who is uh, this racist asshole, showing out um, a pair of escorts. And then Electra and Matt arrive and they threaten him and get him to translate the ledger. This character makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> why would you Why would you go through the trouble to learn all the, lang- the Asian languages? It's hard. You would have to spend mm-hmm. years and you would never develop a, an appreciation for their culture enough to tell them apart. Like, that was so stupid. You would I not... Know. You would not be such a racist if you knew all these languages so well. Whatever, you look all the same to me, but... Uh... <laughs> yeah, he literally he literally is a professor of Asian studies, too. Yeah. Which, you know, he is not really studying very hard if you can't. Well, that's what he's doing with those ladies over. He's doing Asian studies, you know. He's, like, that's all in his work. The only way this works is if he has a superpower and it's to instantly learn languages. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I thought that that was, but I guess not. <laughs> I am language man. <laughs> I, just, I just felt bad for him because he was enjoying his prostitutes, and then these assholes show up and just ruin his night. <laughs> and he's so enjoying snorting, snorting his cocaine with his bill or whatever. I was like, classy. <laughs> he, he had a night planned, and they ruined it. And I felt bad for him. Yeah, I like that we get the. I always like it in. It's a bit of a trope, but in. Um, action things where someone's like against some glass and you can just hear the glass cracking that kind of like (laughs) noise you know so i like that matt's like slamming the glass and you can just hear it cracking i don't know i like that it's the sound effect this scene surprised me because i'm like where is matt getting all this rage from like what is he mad about is he so mad i think he's mad that he's been pulled away he's been pulled in all directions so he's you know because like later on when he's angry with the lecture he really takes it out on those um yakuza guys and i think here he's just kind of mad because he's like oh a lecture you know dragging me here or whatever but he's probably more mad at himself that he let her drag him there it's a secret but uh he's the backup hulk in the avengers (laughs) he's uh he's red hulk yeah, he's Red Hulk. <laughs> I, I just, I just want to, I want to call bullshit on I, it because it feels like they're saying like, oh, the Daredevil and the Punisher are so close, and it's like, uh, 
and and now they're like, well, we got to make it so Daredevil's acting a lot more out of control. I think I think he's for, just for no reason. I think he's just got a lot of pent up sexual frustrations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's got two ladies, and he has, isn't sleeping with either of them. Yeah, uh, I don't think he slept with it. He hasn't slept with anyone yet that we've seen. Yeah. Nope. If that's true, for, for um, such a fuck woman, this writer's room. What? <laughs> if that's true, if that really is his motivation, yeah. this writer's room is <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. I think it's a mix of stuff because, like Foggy says to Matt later, you know, Electra almost got you expelled and all this, and we saw that she was obviously a, a, a bad influence on him, not saying it's her fault, but her influence when, you know, breaking into places, and he was breaking the plates and stuff, and they were stealing cars and all this kind of thing, but I think, because in this scene, it's like she's calling the shots, and Matt's sort of doing what she says, and I think he, part of it is him being angry at himself, because he's he's getting back into into old patterns of behavior which are bad patterns of behavior because they don't fit in with who he is now and that's why later on when he says to electra this is what's important to me now like the matt murdoch side almost not just this daredevil side even though they're obviously the same person that flashback seemed like it took place over like a week or two maybe and that like what that all of a sudden became a new side of his personality because of this brief encounter with electra which flashback the flashback of Daredevil and Elektra. Oh no, they were they were the together a while. They were together a did, while. Did the show tell us this? Yeah, they, I'm sure they mentioned months or something, didn't they? I'm sure they said like something to do with months. They were definitely together longer than like a week or a day. Right in, listeners. <laughs> right in. Let's know. Um, it doesn't seem we, consistent with his personality. I will agree. It's yeah. It seems very like it seems out of place in this scene i think i think later on when he's more angry it seems more in place in this scene he's he's kind of just following what electra tells him to do which i don't like mm. and nearly murders a guy <laughs> yeah but he's sort of like when he puts his hand against the glass and the glass shatters he kind yeah. of like it, it exhales as if to go that was close but yeah, yeah he like, would have I an idea i just did that he would, yeah, exactly. But he would have an idea of like where to punch the glass to, you know, to hold it in place or to make it crack. Because um, from being aware of like the the weaknesses in the glass or whatever. But yeah, he did kind of seem a bit like, oh, I can't believe I almost threw this guy thirty stories out of a uh, a building. But okay. <laughs> It's almost the time, like the time reminds me of the time when I attacked a penthouse full of prostitutes. And ended up sending one out the window. Yeah, oh, it was in the comic books. In the comics. <laughs> oh my god! What if he threw the guy out of the the window, and that guy was the instead was the prostitute instead, and that guy ended up becoming Typhoid Mary? What about that, Robin? I buy it totally. Yeah, sure. That's all you need to say. <laughs> So, meanwhile, Foggy is working hard on the case, as usual, oh, and Karen arrives back with food, and then they discuss not being able to use PTSD as a defence, and we get a nice callback to Foggy's alternate career, possibly being a butcher. <laughs> he still dreams about yeah. <laughs> opening a butcher shop. <laughs> so weird. Oh, And... We find this when we find out about Dr. Gregory Tepper is testifying for Reyes, but he lied in his report. I like in the scene that um, Karen uh, really uh, uh, does a great job of turning Foggy to the side of like, like stop thinking about it as Punisher is just a vigilante. Imagine one this one moment, like 
changed your entire life. You know, mm-hmm. I, I like that little speech he had. I uh, yeah, I liked the. Um, I don't think I have the exact quote, so I don't. Uh, if it's no one's quote, but saying, you know, it's not something that's that happened to him. It's something that's happening to him, which is is basically PTSD. It's you know that's like what we saw with Jessica Jones in the in the series when she kept she wasn't having flashbacks. It was like it was actually happening over again, and Kilgrave was there with her. Um, but yeah, Foggy decides they're going to try and get Tepper to crack on the stand, which whenever I think about like someone trying to get a witness to crack on the stand, I think about a few good men and like Tom Cruise yelling at Jack Nicholson. <laughs> yeah. This was a good plan. I'm sad it didn't work out for them and I, they don't seem to have a backup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think their backup yeah, is that, awesome you know, that. Matt does an amazing opening speech, but nope, that's not going to happen because they're like, oh yeah, Matt's totally at home doing his speech. <laughs> totally. <laughs> he's, he's such a bad friend. Mm. He really is a bad friend. Um, so in the next scene, we see Electra and Matt at the train yard. And we can see the Empire State Building and the Chrysler Building in the background, which was nice to, to have a bit of location. Although, yeah. where is the Avengers Tower? Because <laughs> it makes me sad every time that we don't see you know, Stark Tower with the big A on the side for the Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where they find the train car full of dirt. And then they have a big Yakuza fight and love that city. Kitty litter. The Yakuza love their cats and they buy their kitty litter and bump. They do. Aww. It just makes me think of when uh, Catwoman was saved by Kitty Litter and Batman Returns. <laughs> In Batman Returns, yeah. Saved by Kitty Litter. <laughs> So what, what did you guys think was going to be in the train? And what did you think this soil was? Obviously, we aliens. find out at the end of the episode. Aliens. You thought it was what? Aliens. That's where they keep <laughs> aliens in train cars. <laughs> it's aliens that disguise themselves to look like soil. Or did you think something was in the soil? Because that's what I thought the first time I saw this. I was like, maybe they're transporting vampires or something. <laughs> <laughs> A bunch of Nosferatus. <laughs> yeah. Why not? To keep them in Transylvania dirt. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I, there was a mention of uh, the Dark Sky stuff again, and uh, I was thinking maybe it had something to do with that, but I thought it was weird that nobody was guarding it. So, yeah, I just immediately thought, trap, trap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, it's, it's cool that Matt can tell which train cars are full, and he says that that one is, you know, so full of, of dirt, it, or so full that the, um, almost like the rails are buckling. But when the dirt started pouring out of it, when I was watching this episode, I was like, what the hell? And then the only thing that popped into my head was vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have a clue what was happening until we saw at the end of the episode, even though the final shot of the episode was actually in the trailers. Um, I think I imagine, Matt H, you were happy that in the fight with the Yakuza, we get to see uh, uh, Daredevil's finishing move again. <laughs> 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 it's, it's really it bugs Mel more than me. It but. bugs really bugs me. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I just I was just uh, bemused that um, they seem to keep sticking to the one gun per group of henchmen. Rule. Yeah, there's a there's a gun shortage. Yeah, yeah it really is <laughs> among the yakuza because the Punisher's stolen yeah. all the guns in the wild. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Daredevil's final yeah. move is like me playing Mortal Kombat. It's like Johnny Cage just constantly punching people, and that's over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, I noticed in this fight scene, there's a couple of 
which I haven't really noticed in any of the other fight scenes in the show, but there's a couple of wire moments with um, Elektra and Daredevil when they're jumping, and you can kind of tell it's wire work. And that surprised me because I haven't really picked up on any obvious wire work um, before in any of the, the episodes. But this this one, I, I was like, oh, oh, oh. Not as bad as, like, in the movie um, where they're, like, you know, jumping three miles or whatever. But there was a couple of bits where... I picked up on it, which was a bit of a shame. Yeah, yeah. I can really pick up on uh, Electra's stunt double too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's not Electra. <laughs> yes. She I seems, believe her I, name is Lauren. Yeah, I, I can't I, remember her surname, but I think her name's yeah. Lauren. Who does? Is, is she Asian? Because she seems a lot more Asian. Like, um, I don't know. I will find out. I'd like to know what else she's done, actually. So, I will find out. Um, I also wrote my notes. So much rice. Because there's all the bags of rice, and it was actually making me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Just rice, rice everywhere. Mm, delicious. Yummy. It made me want to make like a Thai curry. Mm. <laughs> so in the next scene, Matt uh, sews up Electra's cuts, and then they discuss cuts and what happened to Electra post-breakup, and it's kind of super sexy, except there's no kissing or anything, but there's definite flirting going on. <laughs> this was weird. I was glad they mentioned Matt and Electra. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I was glad they mentioned Nobu. Yeah, and we get Nobu's possible full name, which is Nobu Yoshioka. Mm. And Electra seems to know who he is by reputation. Okay, uh, why yeah. Why is he shirtless, though? Why does he need to be shirtless? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And that was my first note, Mel. I was like, my first note is, wow, that six-pack. But Matt, why are you shirtless in this scene? Yeah, you're obviously... <laughs> no, no. Take an Electra. Let me take my shirt off first. <laughs> like, what the hell? Look at I was like, that six pack, like, I mean, is amazing <laughs> of Charlie Cox's. But yeah, there's no reason for him to be shirtless in this scene. Yeah, I know. He's just standing around in his boxer shorts. Well, he's like, let's just hang out inexplicably in our underwear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was in, they were looking at injuries, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, but like that's only because she saw his scars because he was shirtless. Yeah. But he had no reason to be shirtless yeah. unless well, he just got out of his costume and didn't put any clothes on, which is kind of weird. That, and then they got into talking yeah. about injuries and scars. Mm. Yeah, I do I love I the fact scars. <laughs> there was no need. He could have literally lifted his shirt and shown her the scars if he really wanted to. <laughs> Look at my tum tum. Look at, look at my belly. <laughs> Come on, pooch. Um, uh, I do like the fact, saying about the, the comparing the scars, I love the fact that on this show they keep track of the scars, of the scars that, like, um, like for instance, like it, obviously it's mainly with Matt, that Matt gets during different fights, and they, they keep track of them so he has that scars when they put the makeup on him, on Charlie Cox. I think that's really cool because it would be very easy to just go, eh, whatevs. Uh, like, like supernatural. I'd like to look back and I like to look back in the yes last week's episode in that limo scene where he's getting into his tux to see if they actually do still have those scars on his chest. I don't know. I can't remember if they. I think they did. I think they did, but they looked like extra scabby this time for some reason. Mm. Mm, scabby. Gross. <laughs> mm. yeah. Should have started picking at him. it looks better than the scar makeup in the daredevil movie where i remember when um uh matt's like taking his outfit off and you've got like the like ben affleck's back 
before he gets in the shower and his back is like covered in scar tissue but it kind of looks like someone's dripped a candle on his back and it's like set so he's got loads of wax and there's like no scars on his arm or chest at all it's just all on his back and i was like but why that doesn't make any sense mm. I'm yeah, sorry. You really up. keep trying to poke holes in that perfect movie. <laughs> hey, I gave that, that movie working. eight. I gave that movie, I think, eight out of ten. I love that movie. <laughs> I love, I love the movie The Room. Doesn't mean I can't say there's, there's not stuff wrong with it because there totally is. That's why I love it. <laughs> um, do you guys you appreciate gave it a seven? Oh, did I? <laughs> I just looked it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I gave Trial of the Incredible Hulk more. I can't remember. No, it was it's um, actually tied with trial. Oh, well, that's that's Sorry, fair. I have all the scores in front of me. <laughs> so, did you guys like the fact that Electra showed a bit more vulnerability in this scene? Like Mel, you said you were really annoyed with her in this episode. Like, did that include this scene or? Yeah, I suppose it was nice, but it felt like it was a little bit like manipulative as well. Though mm. she's always being manipulative, and I just don't trust her. And I don't think Matt should either. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. This whole scene just weirded me out. This uh, the it whole like so... scar, like your scars are sexy, and the whole like listening to her breathe and gulp, and then like, yeah, I could tell it was turning him on, and I was like, this is so fucking weird. Like, please. <laughs> I, put, I put Matt watches her sleep. Obviously, watches in uh, oh, so creepy. quote marks because he's I'm not really watching, watching her. But yeah, I'm watching you with my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Little eyeballs so appear in the nostrils. <laughs> it was so awkwardly staged, though. Just the fact that they're sitting there in their underwear for really no reason at all, and uh, uh, and then towards the end of the scene, like like she's gonna go to sleep, and I swear, my both my wife and me were like watching the show last night, and we were both like, "Go to bed, Matt. What are yeah. you doing?" I was I'm also like, "If you're gonna sleep here. in the chair, why didn't?" <laughs> You offer Electra the bed. Yes, right. Also, and you sleep in the chair on the sofa, Matt. It's not like you've never slept on that sofa before. You're always waking up injured on that sofa. (laughs) Can't believe you forgot to set his alarm. I know. (laughs) What an idiot. I'm so pissed off at him right now. (laughs) (laughs) He literally must have slept. I mean, it looked like early hours then, so he must have. I don't even know. Yeah, but he's super late for court and kind of runs out of there and. Yeah, and you're just like. I just want a scene where he goes into the he goes into into his office, and Foggy says, uh, we, "The partners had a meeting. We're voting you out." And by <laughs> partners, I yes. mean me. <laughs> I mean me. Uh, amazing. It's just gonna be called Nelson. <laughs> oh, so yeah, we're in the courtroom. I can't live without your love and affection. See, this is what I mean about Matt needs Foggy much more than Foggy song. needs Matt. Matt really needs Foggy more than. Yeah, it like, and I think it's the same in the comics. I like that they have that here. So Matt is running late, so the trial starts without him, and Foggy's freaking out about having to do the opening statement. But I like Matt. Matt H, I want to know what you think about this because obviously it's it's uh, it's a courtroom scene, which I know you've wanted. Yes. I, do you think uh, Foggy did a good job? Because I think he was a badass. Yes, he was. Yeah. I was worried for him at first. So he was trying to read what Matt had wrote. I thought Matt didn't finish. Uh, I think he was just looking at his notes, and then in the end, he's just like, eh, whatever, and he just kind of did it on the. Well, fly. it is kind of a little bit unbelievable. Like he's like he's like fumbling so hard, and then he's like, eh, I'll just go off the no. cuff, and he's like so perfect. But he's like thinking <laughs> about it 
in his own terms. Like he's yeah. thinking about it from his own point of view. Like that, it, that, I totally thought it was believable. Yeah. Because he was like thinking about what Karen told him about the Punisher. Yes. Yeah. All that stuff. I guess he, he just went from completely like. Yeah, but that's because he was reading the notes. You know, like, mm. some people are no good at reading other people's notes. They're better at uh, doing oration by themselves, you know? Yeah. Like, they, they just use their own minds to do it. Mm-hmm. And some people are completely the opposite. Anyways, yeah, I like that. Yeah. I think you're you're right, Mel. I agree that I don't think he could have done that speech if he hadn't have spoken to Karen yeah. in that previous scene. I think that sort of meant that he was able to, to think about it and do his own words on it. Yeah. He was able to relate to the Punisher. That's what it was. He was relating to him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when Matt arrives mid-speech, he kind of like nods as if to be like, yes, 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 he's doing it right. And it's like, no, you should have been there on time, Matt. Mm. I feel like if he would have been there, we would have screwed it up. So I was glad he wasn't there. Because <laughs> he would have been thinking about that sexy night before. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So he apologizes to Foggy and Karen anyway, and um, obviously um, Foggy's kind of pissed at Matt because Matt's really eager now. He's like, "Yeah, let's do this, let's do that, yeah, yeah." And it's kind of like, "Well, it's a little, it's a bit little too late, you know? Like they could, they really needed that before, uh, before this." But you know, at this point, it's still like, "Okay, we'll see what happens." Uh, I wouldn't trust him to do anything in the courtroom. Who, Matt? Not right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Matt is a, a is a complete dick to Foggy in this episode. Now, Foggy knows who he is, but Karen doesn't know. And I, if I was Karen, I'd be like, well, is this guy like on drugs or something? Like, he shows up late. Yeah, I, I find him kind of out of sorts. His, his moods change so frequently. Uh. Well, we still also don't know whether she now knows that Matt doesn't have a drinking problem <laughs> because as we said in the previous episode I can't remember which one of you guys said it like as far as she knows Matt has a drinking problem but she's the one in Josie's going hey let's have drinks exactly Matt, it's just oh. Matt here we go yeah. uh, we'll have to see so um, Matt and Karen go back to his apartment and they just they're discussing the trial and whether Karen has ever thought about law school and they talk a little bit about uh, Daredevil and this is when they have a sort of big disagreement um, over the Punisher. And at the end of the scene, we find out that Electra is a total creeper. Yes. She really and a big is. note, Matt actually eats something. I was like, oh, Matt eats. Because it's such a rarity, <laughs> I actually noticed it. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's definitely interesting to see, like, does Matt, like, lose his nerve at the end and send Karen away because he knows Electra's there? Yeah. Or does does that come, like, after and then he realizes that Electra's there? Like, yeah. He kind of loses his shit when he, she, he's, like, realizing that Karen's not exactly thinking the same thing. But I think he's still working out how he feels about the Punisher, too. I don't think yeah. he's completely, mm. yeah. He's probably I just... thought it was cold, though. It was really cold the way he, like, made her leave. Like, mm. yeah, I didn't like it. I think I read a, um, I think it might have even been in the Easter eggs on Den of Geek um, that they said that this is the re- really the first episode that we get the three aspects of Matt's life um, really clashing. Um, you know, we've had, like, like uh, the law stuff clashing with, like, his Daredevil stuff before. But this is the first time we really get like his personal life, almost like his romantic life clashing with um, 
his his life as Daredevil clashing with his the law side of him. So it's like three sides of him. Um, because we get here that um, they do disagree about about Frank and Matt seems genuinely shocked that Karen um, at Karen's opinions about Frank's motives because like like Matt basically brings up it's not for anyone to judge others it's only up to really God and a jury but that's the 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 hypocritical nature of Matt in that he judges people all the time he's mm. you know he thinks he can be judge jury just not executioner um which is one of the aspects of the character I, I find really interesting and that's why as I said before I think the Punisher is like a perfect kind of fun house mirror to to the character of daredevil because of their similarities and their differences it kind of highlights it so i love matt the character like the character of matt sort of thinking about all this stuff Mm. um because he is he is completely hypocritical in regards to this um i i want to see what you think of it about this robin i put in this scene i get a real um uh, kind of Clark Kent, Superman, Lois Lane vibe <laughs> because it's like in I can't remember what film it's in. If it's Superman four, I think it's Superman four or three. But it's like you know both Clark Kent and Superman. Uh, Lois is in, in in like fascinated by both of them. So when like in this scene, Karen brings up like Daredevil and the Man in Black and all this, and Matt gets a bit like, oh well, I don't think he's that great, you know, type thing. And it's, and it's, it's I don't know. That's it Superman just, too. It just made me think yeah. of like the Superman, Lois Lane, and Clark Kent thing. Yeah, I was I was thinking a little bit about that too. In in, in terms of like, I don't know if I've ever been that like invested in like the like the relationship, like how like what an utter betrayal it is that Matt is keeping this secret from Karen. Like mm-hmm. maybe at the beginning, maybe beginning, like uh, when they're first getting to know each other, that's fine. But they're like good friends and now dating and being intimate with each other in a way. And he's still like completely lying. Like it's even more of a betrayal. Yeah. I think than what he does with uh, foggy. I agree. We sort of wonder, is he, is he, is he waiting until the very last moment where he has to tell her like if they do become intimate and like he takes his shirt off she'll be like where did these scars come from is he even was he even planning on telling her then or was he planning on lying then you know it's like Mm. how long do you think you're gonna get away with this matt yeah is that and it's not like he can give her like a brain erasing kiss uh, (laughs) or jump out the window with her and uh or fly around the world so fast that time goes backwards He doesn't have those powers. It's dangerous. It's dangerous for her as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's 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 giving her no information and no way for her to protect herself. It's not yeah. smart. It's not kind. Because if he's if he's dating, yeah, if he's dating Karen and people, his enemies are aware that he's dating Karen, then that puts her in danger without even knowing why, because she has no that's idea. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. um. And it, it like I you know like you're you're saying as well like it should be her choice whether she wants to be in a relationship with a guy that is a vigilante and has a ton of enemies including the yakuza mm. you know yeah. it's that should be her choice. Um, I wanted to ask you actually in this episode. So what? Who do you think is better at the moment for Matt, like Karen or or? Electra, who would you like to see an episode, uh, an episode, a relationship develop with? I don't think he has time for a relationship. I don't think many superheroes have time for a relationship, and I never like it when they try to get in one. (laughs) 
True. We all know what you think about relationships, Matt. <laughs> as much as we don't probably like it, it makes more sense for him to have a relationship with Electra because Electra can defend herself. Yeah. True. I think it, he would be better off with Karen because she'd provide balance. He just needs to be honest with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Electra can defend herself, but she does seem like she she her influence drags him further and further away from the things that do ground him, like Foggy and Karen and the Matt Murdock side of himself. Um, I, I'm still not buying that, but I guess. Okay. <laughs> So the, the the episode tells us this, but I don't think it really convinces me. <laughs> okay. So in this scene as well, we find out that Roxon, um, there's a construction project on 44th and 11th, um, which is where this soil could be coming from. And that was the site of the tenement building that Mrs. Cardenas lived in that Nobu had the blueprints for in the first episode of Daredevil. So that's a cool mm-hmm. callback. Yeah. So were you guys oh, happy goodness. to see that come back? I was really like, yes, I was so happy. Yeah. Does it seem like they just dropped that in season one? Like, why did Nobu want that whole section? What were those blueprints all about? Uh, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. But, yep, it comes back. It's awesome. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, well, that's the last we hear about it anyway now, so don't worry. Yeah, that's <laughs> Doesn't come back season. at all. <laughs> Never comes back. Um, so in the next scene, uh, Dr. Tepper is on the stand. Uh, he's kind of sweaty and nervous, and he's being questioned by Blake and Matt. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, I need to confess that I altered the autopsy results because this woman came and threatened me. Oh. Yeah. Your Honor, we're putting this person on the stand, and he looks very, very reliable. Just look at him. He's yeah. so professional and reliable. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he's just, like, freaking out. Um, Never mind his darting eyes. <laughs> so he's, yeah. <laughs> All the flops. Shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's, like, kind of freaking out, and basically is like, oh, I, I did it. I, I, you know, changed the results. Ah. Which is great news for the case that... Um, Foggy and Matt are trying to build, but then he's like, yeah, because I got threatened by this woman. And Matt's like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so his testimony... Uh, she made me take off all my clothes, and then we had to sit next to each other, half naked. Uh. <laughs> 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 her scars. I, did, I, she's like, I didn't know why it didn't like, make oh, sense. I had my appendix out. <laughs> For some reason, I spent a very short time with her, but I just feel the inclination to be a, a really rough vigilante and hurt people like the Punisher because I'm a lot like more like the Punisher than I think. <laughs> yeah, we we all have a little Punisher inside us, Robin. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, so obviously, so this okay. his. I'm sorry. His his testimony gets thrown out. So yep. what? Like that? That's not relevant to the case at all anymore. Like the fact that this guy is, this guy still, no matter what, like there's something wrong with his reports. Like, well, yeah, I guess you can't you rule know, out. It, you can't rule out that he's just being forced to say something. I guess. Yeah, she said. I mean, the the judge says something like, even despite the fact that this evidence is tainted, because he was threatened, this new information is tainted. Um, she doesn't entirely see the relevance of it anyway to the fact that Frank killed 30 people. So even if the autopsy results were changed, you know, that doesn't change the case that Frank killed 30 people. And, and that's what the judge basically says. Um, so that's why she says that she decides there won't, they won't be a mistrial. 
Well, it does help with motive, though. It's the reason we're we're saying like he's not guilty, not because he's not guilty, but he's uh, he's not like a cold-blooded murderer. He had reasons. Yeah, definitely. But that's what he's saying. But the problem is, he was threatened to say that. So at, the judge has no idea if um, you know if Nelson and Murdoch sent someone to threaten her or. You know, and like Foggy's like, for all they know, it could have been Reyes who sent someone. Yeah, you know, there's no idea. So it's best. I, I think that's what the judge is saying. It's best to just strike it from the um, uh, from the trial and the jury pay no attention to that info whatsoever. I guess. Somebody else's I don't agree with it. I think I think it, it's absolutely relevant, obviously, because we know what happened. But well, I'm I would think more information uh, is always useful. And if we don't know how if this guy was compromised and or and by who I would or whom I would want to find out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's just I think that's what that's how the judge is, is um, putting it across. And I think like in the case of Frank Castle, it absolutely is important as to what happened with his family and, um, you know, what could possibly give him motive. But there just doesn't seem to be that interest in it. It's just, well, he's it almost seems like the judge is slightly biased to begin with in that it's, you know, he's a guy who killed 30 people. That's what we're trialing him for. Did he do it? Yes, he did. Okay, well, then he's guilty. Um, And somebody else is dead, too. That's what we find out. Yeah, there's a John Doe. Doe. Poor John Doe. He's always been found dead. (laughs) I know, ever since seven. Yeah. So, Foggy is obviously really angry about this, and him and Matt argue in the bathroom about Electra. Yes. This is when he finds out about Electra, and then Matt argues with Karen, and is pretty cold to Karen. Uh, oh man, the the in the bathroom, uh, he he needed to like Matt needed to be punched so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Foggy should have tried to punch him. Like, can you imagine? Like, just from a writing standpoint, can you imagine? Like how that could have played out. Like they were so mad at yeah, each other already. Good. Like Foggy was so mad at what Matt had done and he couldn't do anything about it, you know? And if he tried to take a punch at Matt, Matt can easily dodge that. So he's got to either let the punch happen, let Foggy get his satisfaction or he dodges it and he makes Foggy feel, you know, just worse with impotent rage and, you know, emasculated and, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> uh, that, a, I do a, like that. Um, oh, go on. Uh, I was just saying, I do like that at the end, it seems like uh, it really uh, leans on the burden that Foggy carries of having Matt's secret and that, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff with Electra's happening and, you know, who's going to tell Karen about this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, How he kind of says, you know, it's got to be from Matt. Like, uh, yeah. I don't think Foggy would flat out tell Karen, but someone needs to tell Karen before... You know, and it really should be Matt. So he's kind of put, leaving, reminding Matt about that. And I think part of that is why Matt is so cold to Karen. In you know, straight after that. But there's a there's a bit in this scene where, which I wrote down. I don't know. If, sorry if it's anyone's quote. Before he just says to Matt, "What are you even talking about?" And I wrote that down because I'd be like, "Yes, Matt's basically just firing complete craziness at him in this scene because it's like, yeah, my ex girlfriend who always got me fired. She's a diplomat's daughter, but now she's a ninja. And then there's the yakuza, and they're back, and this and this and there's human trafficking. And fuck, he's just like, what? What are you talking about?" So I really felt for him in in this scene, and and he says he says to Matt as well. He's like, nobody's making you go out and fight at night. Nobody makes you lie to your yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. That's that's uh, all. Yeah. Yes, tell him that that, yeah. that freaking quote. Uh, uh, 
I'm, I'm going to steal it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If anybody's got to <laughs> stop acting like these things just happen to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's Foggy's punch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's his verbal, verbal punch. But it's kind of, I, that's how I felt as well about Karen in, in an earlier episode. I think what she's saying about, you know, all these people keep dying and things keep happening. And I, I kind of felt the same way. Maybe that's why him and, him and Karen like each other, Matt and Karen. Because I was like, yeah, but it's because Karen goes looking for trouble. Like mm. she, she seeks it out. And it's, it's the same thing with Matt. Nobody makes him do it. It's just this part of him. That's what he, he fights with. And yeah, that's why I think he's, he's an interesting character. It's the same. It's, it is. It's like nobody makes him do it. Nobody's making him lie to Foggy and, and Karen. And that's why I think Foggy's upset as well, because he, he says to Matt, you lied again. And it's like he almost thought that after they sort of made peace about Matt being Daredevil, that Matt wouldn't lie again. And Matt is still lying to him. Yeah, but I feel like if if Matt understands that he can't help himself, but be a vigilante and go out all manner of you know time and, and be away from the firm, then he needs to tell Foggy, I can't commit to this full-heartedly, mm-hmm. I, and, and let Foggy drive the, 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 the trial and all of that. But he yeah. wants it both ways, and that's what's really frustrating. Yeah, well, like in the earlier scene where he came back and he was like super eager about the trial and it's like no it's because he's always trying to steamroll over the trial and be like yeah i'm gonna do this and i'll i'll you know i'll face tepper on the stand and all this kind of thing it's like well no you have to have faith in foggy foggy did a good job in the opening statement without you matt and i, I completely agree with what you're saying matt like he he wants it both ways and that is the thing that's causing issues he wants he wants everything he wants these three areas of his life and they they you know they clash against each other and he can't have it can't have his cake and eat it i guess <laughs> <laughs> so in the final scene matt confronts a lecturer about coercing tepper and then they break into the tenement and matt takes his anger out on these poor yakuza guys <laughs> who by the way are just shooting machine guns on the street now yeah. like like yeah exactly and they're just like running around the street shooting machine guns i was like yeah i'm sure the cops are gonna be there any second you know um now, now that they have guns they're just going gun crazy they're just like yeah. Woo! we got guns yay uh and then matt and electra go into the tenement and they find the hole to hell i don't know like what did you guys think I thought I was like kind of like the digging the hole a hole to China, except maybe it's digging a <laughs> hole to Japan, and maybe they're just you know if they jump in the hole, it's the fastest way home. <laughs> Did you guys ever see the the remake of Total Recall, which was terrible? Did you guys see it? They, I mean, it was it was so dumb. But one of the the parts of it was there was only two areas of the planet that were now colonized, and I think it was like America and China or something the opposite sides of the globe and so they'd actually built a machine to commute to and forth that that was like they went in like it was like an elevator through the the core of the earth so they went in like this little thing and it like went down a giant hole and like came out the other side of the earth and that's what this reminded me of like they like you're saying they're gonna (laughs) ship loads of ninjas over from japan mail via this giant elevator through the earth they just jump in the hole they go they go through the center of the earth uh they have enough momentum so that they once the gravity reverses, they just keep flying upwards, and then they just yep. hop onto the. Onto they do the a little, a little somersault. 
Yeah. <laughs> mm. That seems technically possible and economically <laughs> feasible. I knew it. Absolutely. Like, I uh, don't know how you guessed what they're actually doing, Matt, but you have. I knew my logic was sound. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's the end of the episode, guys. And I did count, actually, when Matt dropped the flashlight into the hole, it fell for at least 20 seconds without hitting the bottom. Did you do the science to see how long, how far down that is? No, I didn't go that far, but I just counted until it faded to black. It was about 20 seconds. I'm going to see if I can find out. How, <laughs> how shall I Google this? <laughs> do your science. Well, while you are doing that, I shall do some Easter eggs, if you want, to fuel you in your search map. Okay. Okay. So like, uh, I think there's only there's only two. Oh no, there's three. No, there's two. Yeah, about that. Uh, this week. So in the first scene, two of the jurors mention uh, Son of Sam and Bernie. Bernie Gots Goats Goats. I think Gets. Bernie Gets, and they are two famous uh, maniacs, as it puts on Den of Geeks. Two famous maniacs um, from New York City history who um, killed people using guns. There you go. Not as famous as the Joker or the Riddler, but they're, they're famous maniacs. They don't use guns. <laughs> Shut up, nerdlinger. <laughs> Push his glasses up nose. Um, and the other one is, when Elektra and Matt are in the rail yard, in the background you can see the Chrysler building and the Empire State Building. Did you guys notice that the Empire State Building was lit up in blue and orange? Nope. Well, now, now you will. And the reason for that is because this was filmed in late summer, early autumn uh, uh, last year, that would have been to celebrate the National League champion New York Mets, um, because that's the the colours for it. And uh, they've also written here on Den of Geek that it is canon in the comics that Spider-Man is a Mets fan. And because the Mets are generally seen as the underdog... um, it's likely that the Daredevil would be a fan too. But I think that's just them guessing that last bit. Okay. <laughs> mm. They do a lot of guessing on, on the Easter eggs and uh, Den of Geek. So that's your Easter eggs for the week, guys. One of my uh, best friends, actually, uh, she's a Mets fan, and her daughter uh, is obsessed with Spider-Man. So that little nice. Easter egg I'm going to tell her all about. Yay, tell her. Uh, Matt, do you have any science Easter eggs for us? I found some formulas, but I have no idea how to fill them out. (laughs) (laughs) All physics, and you'd have to figure out what the proper formula is. Yeah, Yeah, physics, I'm not clue. Physics was my worst of the sciences in school. Yeah, I don't understand. Um, Okay, well now it's time for quotes. Sleepy Matt A, do you have any quotes? Mm, Got a quote from the episode of Deadwood we're going to record later. Oh, yeah, go on, go on. You can do a, a Deadwood fuck quote. Fuck, fuck. Well, what this is, sir, uh, yesterday I occasioned a fuck a woman after a considerable period of abstention, and that seems now to have thrown me unawares uh, into a fucking spasm of sex interest, which I fucking pray will be brief. That was great when Foggy said that. Can I follow that? Yeah, well, that could have been Matt from this episode. You know, like a period of abstinence, and then uh, and then that threw him um, for a loop for the trial. Yeah, that could have that been it in this episode. Like, yes, can I follow that by like yelling into a boob? <laughs> Hello, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yes, you have to imagine that uh, there's a large titted horror in a bathtub, and I'm talking into her breasts. <laughs> I imagine that every day. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Robin, do you have any quotes? I know you have. I've got the perfect one. (laughs) Let's say the Emmys report was doctored. (laughs) 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 I've been been hit by the pun around the face. It hurts. The Punisher strikes again. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I have one. Uh, It's a foggy quote. Hopefully Reyes didn't notice my buckets of flop sweat. That one's just for you, Mel. (laughs) Rose. (laughs) That was mine. That's all I had. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Mel, do you have any quotes? Wish me luck. Good luck. They grow up so fast, don't they? (laughs) Oh, I thought that was cute. (laughs) So cute. There was one, I haven't got like the full quote, but at one point Karen says something like, or Foggy says to her, it's not every day your life is threatened. And I was like, well, it is if you're Karen Page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any other, any other quotes, guys? Go on. That was pretty thick slice of bullshit there, Counselor. Ew. Oh, I love that one. That was so good. <laughs> that was it's just making good. me think of, like, sliced meatloaf. And that's <laughs> oh. Mm, I love meatloaf. I don't even know what would be worse, like meatloaf or shit. <laughs> Come on. I hate meatloaf. Not the singer. I though. also, yes, with you in there. That one, Claire. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. I have another one, which is uh, Matt and Electra, which is find yourself better business partners and kill your decorator. <laughs> like, Electra is such a snob. <laughs> oh, any other quotes, guys? Nope. I don't like her. You don't like Electra? Oh, no. why? What's she Stop. done to you, Matt? She's causing Matt, problems. But... She's coming between Matt and Karen and Matt and Foggy. The whole gang. She's ruining the dynamic. I, I would oh. argue There's no pl- Matt's fault. <laughs> Matt is coming between Foggy and himself and Karen and himself. <laughs> He's letting... Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, it's it's all his fault. But yeah, she, she does instigate. Yes. She's a bad influence. Yeah, she she's a bad influence. The, the responsibility lies with him, of course. Yeah. Well, Mel, I have just sent you uh, an email from Sedna as it is time for feedback. For sure. This this email is entitled <laughs> "Hi, I'm Sedna, and I've not looked at Tumblr for 16 minutes." <gasps> 16 minutes? You have an addiction. <laughs> All right, from Sedna, courtroom drama. What could possibly go wrong? Everything. (laughs) Notice how all of the potential jurors, the men are anti and the women pro-punisher? Interesting. PTSD. It's an insult to them. People that are actually going through it. Oh, god damn, you noble punisher, you. (laughs) So noble. Uh, Yeah. Love the bit where Matt touches the broken window and it shatters, revealing the sound of the howling wind and the city. What are they shipping? Karen and Frank. Not Karen and you, Matt. Oh, you meant... Oh, okay. It's several thousand tons of filth. Sounds like my AO3 bookmarks. I don't know what that is. I don't know. America Online. Oh. (laughs) AO3 is not America Online. (laughs) What is it? That would be AOL. Oh, yeah, yeah, true. What, 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 what? Sedna, please explain what AO3 is. I thought maybe it was like America Online version 3 or something. For your next thing. Maybe I'll just... Maybe. That'd be oddly specific. <laughs> I think it's Age of 3. What the heck is that? Or Agents of 3. <laughs> I don't know. To Agents of Shoe? I don't know. Super sexy scenes of domestic first aid and underwear. 
What do you tell the women you bring home? They're enjoying themselves too much. They don't ask. That's a fat lie, Matt. You're not a player. <laughs> Everyone thinks you are. Couldn't mention the scene when I offered my theory why Matt doesn't sleep with Karen in episode five. Because of spoilers. But contrast the two scenes. Matt can be honest with Electra, but his daredeviling scars, but not his non-existent sex life. <laughs> <laughs> So He's true. like, yeah, yeah, I am a womanizer. How did you know? Yeah. I would love if Electra turned around to him and went, that's a fat line, Matt. <laughs> yes. This is a turning point where everything starts to go to shit. Well done, Matt, you frustrating fucking asshole. <laughs> wow. You're so angry. Yeah. <laughs> Me or Sedna? Both. Sedna. <laughs> yes. All the emotion. I know. Sen is really affecting your anger problems. (laughs) (laughs) Matt and Karen's study date. Could they salvage the case here? Sweet reminiscences? Thai food? Matt eats! I know! (laughs) So exciting! (laughs) Deep discussions of morality and justice? You had to mention it, didn't you? You couldn't let it lie. No more care devil. Oh, shit. Electra fucking shit up again. And another toilet fight scene. No, don't! No more avocados. <laughs> That's so pissed off that he can't find the elevator button. I can't bear it. <laughs> that, that hole looks like the void where my heart used to be. <laughs> oh, I said that's it. Oh. <laughs> that's it. Oh, wow. Thanks, Edna. Yeah, it's the end of Care Devil and the end of the Avocados. Uh. <laughs> so sad. Oh, thank you, Sedna. Please explain what AO3 is. Yes. Oh. oh, and we have an email from Heidi. You guys ready? I'll read this one. Yes. Hello, everyone. No, I'm just kidding. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you, Heidi. I love all of the interviews of the jury. That montage at the beginning was great. I also love how they go about showing the differences of opinion on vigilante justice. It's present in all superhero shows and movies, and I'm sure comic books, but it shows it in a way here that I've never really considered before. I mean, if a man was really out killing criminals and not hiding it, how would we feel about him? It's not like Dexter dumping bodies. The Punisher doesn't really care if anyone finds out. Anyway... I hope we're going to get lots of courtroom scenes. I was expecting something to happen to Karen as she went through security. That was an odd scene. All that happened was they confiscated her paper clips. Oh, I should actually, I should just say with Heidi's email, um, mentioning about how people have different opinions on vigilante justice, it's cool because it kind of ties in with um, Captain America's Civil War as well. So I, I, I don't think it was intentionally timed that way, but it's quite cool the way that it has been timed. With us discussing it, Robin, um, you, you get to watch that movie in a couple of weeks or months. Yeah, yeah, like a couple of months. Sometime during a couple the of summer. months' time. <laughs> I'm sure you'll I see don't it. Need at, your civil war. I'm sure you'll see it some point before uh, the end of Daredevil season two, Robin. Maybe. <laughs> and we'll be finishing that in December, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to Heidi's email. And I'm just waiting for Karen to walk in and find Matt and Electra in their skivvies. How's that opening statement coming along, Matthew? <laughs> Why isn't Foggy concerned that Matt might be dead when he doesn't show up for court? Go, Foggy, you rock. And they are right to be angry at Matt. 
If he wasn't canoodling with old girlfriends, this wouldn't be happening. If it wasn't clear before, I really don't like Electra. I hate it when the avocados fight. <laughs> okay, that was a strange ending. What could possibly be going on with a hole that big? I'm very intrigued by this turn of events. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, we all heard it. <laughs> Can't wait for the next episode. Please make up my avocados. Heidi. Thanks, Heidi. I wonder if anyone out there likes Electra at all. I like Electra. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. As a, like, I, in the... She really irritates me, but like, I think she's meant to. Yeah, she is. She totally is. It's a I bit like Simpson. The... Yeah. I'm sorry. I put, I put a link in the um, Skype and uh, AO3 is Archive of Our Own, which is a uh, like a multi-fandom archive. I think it looks, looks like it's uh, all about hosting fan fiction. So oh. she's talking about her like smutty bo- bookmarks. I think she's smutty book. She's got an archive of filth. Ooh. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Should I find <laughs> some crazy fanfics to read on this podcast? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would love to read the most insane Daredevil fanfic as long as it's short. If there is any, please send it to us, someone. Uh, that would be awesome. We we read some wacky X-Files fanfic on Intro to X, which was amazing. Um, okay, so that is our feedback for this week. So now it's time to rate the episode. Matt A, if you are not still asleep, uh, you can rate first. I enjoyed this one because we get to go into the courtroom. And I like to see Foggy and Matt at court. Of course, Matt was delinquent because he's an asshole. And I don't like him, but Foggy was great. And I, I love Foggy and Karen. They're quite a, quite a good team. I really hope that she she pursues a, a legal uh, education because she would make yeah. a great attorney. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, uh, I don't really follow the Electra stuff. I'm not really sure where that's going. The giant hole in the ground is definitely intriguing. But I wasn't there like a kid in a in a in a shipping container that they found and he was like supernatural or something. The black sky. Last, I, I don't I vaguely remember that. I'm not sure if that storyline went anywhere or if we're still waiting for that to happen. I I'm confused when it comes to Electra and on and the Yakuza and all that other stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy the, the courtroom punisher stuff. So I'll give this a seven and a half out of ten delinquent attorneys. Aww. Do you think they're trying to stuff too many storylines in this? Is that the problem? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it, it's hard for me to say because you guys, you know, you haven't seen the rest of the series. But I definitely would, um, would love to discuss that later in the series with you guys and see what you think. Um, I've got kind of mixed thoughts on it. I will say up front, I I prefer the the Punisher storyline to the Electra storyline in this series. But for me, it's because that is the more grounded storyline, just like I preferred the Kingpin stuff to the, um, the, the stuff with the hand in season one, mm-hmm. but it's just a personal preference, um, yep. for me. I will s- um, but I'd like, to, I'd, I'd love to sort of keep, you know, for you guys to comment on that as we go through the series as to, if you think there's, there's too much going on in the show. Sure. I will say that I liked how they sort of disguised how unhinged she was. And then when we had the kind of, uh, the flashback, Mm-hmm. Uh, of the guy that was tied up in the house in his house uh, you could see she had i'm sorry i'm still i'm very tired so it's very hard for oh. me to articulate thoughts right now <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> but she just became pro- she became progressively more unhinged mm. which i yeah. enjoyed that kind of reveal what was your score again, Matt? seven and a half seven i think seven. 
Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Uh, Melanie, do you want to go next, Melanie Gal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, this episode was all right. I did enjoy the lawyering. I enjoyed uh, Karen and Foggy's uh, courtroom stuff. And I was surprised because I thought I wouldn't. So I did because I don't usually enjoy lawyering that much. <laughs> lawyering. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Electra's just, like you said, uh, Claire, just really irritating. <laughs> and I just wish you would go away or just at least stop bothering Matt. Like, at least respect his choice to, or his request. To, like, please, like, I don't have time for this. Like, stop insisting. Um, but, yeah, that's that's him to kind of say no. So I'll give it a 7 out of 10 holes to home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Matt. Matt H, sorry. I did like the lawyering. Um, Well, you wanted to see lawyering anyways. And I do like all the conflict between the characters, even though... I, I like it, but I don't like it. <laughs> like, I don't want them to be fighting, but it's it's interesting to watch. Um, and I know they'll make up in the end. Um, I d- one thing that just popped out of me this episode is I don't really like Electra's costume. It oh. reminds me of season one Matt costume, where it's just like, I don't know. I think it's like half-formed. Yeah, it's just like uh, they put on some like exercise gear, and she put on like a, a mask. You know, she... She's got her spandex or whatever it is. It's not spandex. <laughs> <Like a> turtleneck. <laughs> Lycra. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Um, I like the action. I like the acting. I like the courtroom stuff. I'll give it 9.5 out of 10 mats who deserve to be punched. <laughs> not us. Not us. Not <laughs> you got to specify that. Although. <laughs> <laughs> Robin? Uh, yeah, um, despite some quibbles here and there, I, I like the episode a lot more this week. I really bought into, uh, Foggy and Karen's side of things rather than, you know, being irritated about where they stand. And I suppose it took Foggy being treated like a complete idiot in the last episode to have him explode like that. Um, I was waiting for Shirley Manson to come out of the, one of those urinals, but that's another <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> I actually got that. Um, <laughs> yeah, me too. Thanks. Uh, that's that's doesn't happen often with my humor. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I'm just not a big fan of uh, the fact that it seems like they've ratcheted up the. Uh, Matt's all of a sudden acting super violent and he's influenced by Electra, and I just am not buying into that um, because it's like they're they're saying he's influenced by Electra, which then pushes him further towards the dark side which makes him seem a lot uh, closer to the Punisher than ever I, I think they're really tying those together really with, with bad knots not not anything near Kimbaku <laughs> the kind of knots <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, so that, I think that that's all kind of flimsy but um, I love the action in this episode I love the courtroom stuff uh, and again I just yeah Foggy should have definitely punched Matt I think punch all the mats <laughs> hey kind of yeah I mean uh, uh, just just that Matt just that Matt. you uh, <laughs> what about Matthew McConaughey he's pretty punchable mm-hmm. yeah nah, I he, agree I th- I think he. I think he's all right. All right. I think he's. All right. Oh. Uh, thank you. Thank you. 
Did I just kill the conversation? Yeah. I'll say uh, eight out of ten. Eight out of ten shitbag juries in some shitbag courts. <laughs> cool. Um, and I agree. I like the lawyering. Um, Matt is very punchable in this episode. Um, I love John Bernthal as Punisher still, and he has doesn't have that much to do. I actually watched episode four again last night with my parents because um, I'm watching the series with them. And John Bernthal's scene in the in the cemetery made me cry again for the third time. Um, uh, I love Foggy in this episode. I think he's he's really strong in this episode. So is Karen. Um, but yeah, I just like I'm just like Matt. What what are you doing? Like what the hell, Matt? Um, but I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to give it seven and a half out of ten flop sweats. <laughs> this is a seven point nine episode. Woo! I think I've been higher than than everybody in the past couple episodes, score wise. I think. Oh, it's your yeah, favorite show. Nine point five two. Nice. Mm. Yeah, I've been pretty high. Yeah, I'm feeling good, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome. So, right. Matt A, our wonderful guest. Um, where can people find you, Matt A, when you're not sleeping and catching up on your sleep for recording so early? <laughs> I do a podcast with Matt and Mel here called Hooplecast, and that is a podcast about Deadwood, and we are going to be recording that later. We are in the middle of season three, so getting toward the end, though after we finish Deadwood, we're going to move on to another phase of the podcast where we're going to be covering the first episode of any HBO drama or yeah drama series or miniseries. So if you like HBO shows and you like Deadwood, check out Hooplecast, hooplecast.com. And then after that, I'm recording Clone Dance Party, which is an Orphan Black podcast. I'm the new co-host on that. Uh, Matt and I do a video game podcast called Matt is Wrong About Games. And then later this year, Will and I will be doing Spartacast about the Star Series Spartacus. So those are my four podcasts. <laughs> and woohoo at the end of every one of those podcasts. Oh, and then my, of course, my Dawson's Creek podcast called Yeah, We Don't Mind Waiting. <laughs> Son of a bitch, there's a competition podcast out there. <laughs> no. Matt's going to podcasting crown from Robin. Really, he's, he's really after it. He's like the kingpin of uh, podcasting. Um, thanks so much, Matt, for recording, particularly as it's super early. Um, we appreciate it. We love yeah, you. I'm just oh, picturing Matt. You're breaking picturing, my heart. I'm just picturing Matt A like sitting like on a throne wrapped up in like these kingly robes and he's like got a scepter and everything. Nice. Not today at least. Um, Maybe awesome co host. He's secretly Loki. Yeah. <gasps> <gasps> anyway. Uh, lovely co hosts. Anything to to uh, mention this week? Everything that, well, almost everything that Maddie said, <laughs> pretty much. <yeah. laughs> Plus, the Twin Peaks podcast is still out there, floating on the internet. Oh, uh, speaking of which, before I watched um, when I watched Civil War uh, at the cinema, before that there was a trailer for um, Showtime shows, and it mentioned Twin Peaks. There was no footage, but I'm in the cinema, and it says Twin Peaks on the big screen, like coming soon. That was pretty exciting. Did you squeal? I, I did let out a small squeal of joy. Uh, <laughs> where where were you? At the cinema. So watching what? 
watching uh, Captain America: Civil War that came Aww. out here before. Hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you got to see that before Robin, then, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, yeah, I I also have a podcast. <laughs> uh, it's called We Don't Want to Wait. It's a better t- Dawson's Peak. I almost said better Twin Peaks. <laughs> better Dawson's Creek Dawson's podcast. <laughs> Dawson's Peaks podcast uh, than, uh, than either map. We're all stealing each other's podcasts. <laughs> it's about a small town named Cape Side uh, affected by a black lodge. <laughs> uh, and then next year I'll be doing my Littlest Hobo podcast. No! No! Get ahead of them. Are you going to be like the littler... <laughs> the littler oh, okay. there's only one the podcast about this hobo and that's the littlest podcast with me and Mel <laughs> oh, awesome so now it is time to predict what's going to happen next week so next week our guest will be Dr. Maura Brown and we will be discussing episode 8 Guilty as Sin what do you think is going to happen guys spoiled zipping my lips yeah. Sure is found guilty. <laughs> and he sent it sent it to hell. <laughs> we sent it to hell. <laughs> <laughs> they throw him down that 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 giant yeah. hole that goes directly to hell. Uh, they have a fire. And then at the, the bottom of the hole is the is the devil from South <laughs> Park. The fire pit of hell. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they they're gonna throw Punisher down the pit. The New York justice system has been building this this pit to hell for a long time. <laughs> With the help of the Yakuza. Yes. Yeah. Just for the punishment. In the opening in the opening moments, uh, uh, it's a direct carryover from the last episode. Matt and, Matt and Electro are standing there, and suddenly four large turtles jump out of the hole. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dudes! Calvonga! Actually, yes! actually, no, no. What I want to see is, uh, yeah, it continues on exactly from the moment of last episode. You just see Daredevil and Electro looking down, and then the flashlight flies back up and hits him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> There's someone on the other end of the hole, the other side of the earth. Like, where did this flashlight come from? <laughs> yeah. Throw it back. Better throw it back in. <laughs> Total buns buddy. There are there are two things in the next episode that I'm very excited for you guys to see. So yeah, I'm I'm sure I know one of them. Uh, well, the the juice devil dog gets his costume. Well, that is in the next yeah, episode. Robin. Why are you yeah. spoiled? Someone told Someone's because Robin, Robin did research which he shouldn't have, and he's oh, naughty. Yeah. I went to a screen cap site and ended up seeing a screen cap from the from that episode and was like, what the? <laughs> mm. Why would you make that at the cover screen? Uh, whatever. You shouldn't be going to screen cap websites, Robin. I know. Naughty, I naughty. just do the screen capping myself. I was... Naughty. Naughty. Yeah. I, I was looking something up and I saw a video and the title of the video spoiled me about something that's coming up. And I wasn't, I didn't even know what I was looking for, but it is not, definitely not intentional, and it ruined that. Yeah. So I saw a screen cap two weeks before Matt melted. <laughs> so what? Uh, How dare you? We quit. I'm outraged. <laughs> I'm going to jump down this pit to, to Japan. <laughs> right, oh, well, gosh. Matt, you've always wanted to go to Japan. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure this doesn't lead to I hell. I want to go. Take me with you. <laughs> Matt, hey, it's time for you to take us out with a very sleepy Excelsior, if you like. Oh, Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
Thank you for listening. You can comment and send feedback to us by emailing defenderspod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash defenderspodcast or on Twitter at defenderspod. Defenders Podcast is created under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0, unported international license. That means you can share it, you can send it to your friends, you just can't make any money off of it. You can't change it, and you have to link back to us and our site. Excelsior!